This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen, and my cholesterol is too high. Not tonight. I'm watering my hair. I'm James. Welcome to the pod. We're talking all things Drag Race España today, and it's episode five. We're joined by our podcast siblings from across the Atlantic. Nick and Mijan from the Whispering Hunties. I, I am glad that we had these guys in for tonight because quite honestly, I don't know how I'd have managed because I am at a low energy ebb after that weekend. Um, it was a busy one. It was a busy one. Um, it was it was a very, very fun. Really enjoyed our live show with, with Karen Grode and Tony on Saturday morning. It was super fun um, and, and great to kind of like have a chat back in the studio again. It was so weird mm-hmm. when we were sitting there around the table like, oh my God, I can see these humans. Yeah, the um, whites of their eyes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but that, that's also six. We still got a interesting episode for spain to go sad to see you guess you go lots of things to have about lovely runway challenge stupid mini challenge lots to talk about so let's get into it whispering hunties thank you so much for joining us for drag race España. Yeah. before we even get into drag race how has pride in new york being post-covid tell us all as the queer historian that i have become thanks to um I don't know, being a queer person, but also thanks to the Whispering Hunties podcast. I mean, now when I go out, I feel like I'm doing ethnographic research on, like, the way that queer spaces are changing. And, I mean, we've gone from when when they first opened, you had to have your, like, vaccine passed in order to go to the bar. Now, no one really cares about that, but everyone is out and everyone's so happy. It's felt like reunion. And, like... A lot of people came from, like, all over just for New York Pride. Like, there's this guy who, like, I followed on Instagram who's from Mexico, who I ran into at the bar. I don't know if he wanted to make out with me, but that's definitely been my goal for, like, every bar that I want to go to. And I'm telling you, I haven't felt this flirty since I was, like, probably 21 and, like, you know, with an ID for the first time in New York City. Um, there were parties everywhere. There were lines around the block. And then, you know, sweaty dance parties, lots of rain on me. Um I couldn't even go. So I recently moved to Williamsburg that has like a bunch of bars. I couldn't even go to like my favorite normal bar that's no- close to me because I was waiting for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, I'm never getting in here. So I like walked down the street to this other one, still had to wait in line. The worst thing happens. I like get in, start talking to a stranger, as, which is very natural for me. Um, and they distracted me from getting into line. These four people arrived just in front of me, and then 30 of their friends came from, like, up the street. They were just, like, hugging each other. Hi, hi, hi. And you know how lines are. Like, you know, it's like the etiquette is just, like, not going to allow you to be like, I'm sorry, like, I probably deserve to go ahead of your 40, you know, like, 30 to 40 large people. It was so annoying. But then these Good Samaritans, um, this girl was gluten intolerant and someone went and got her a beer and she's like, do you want a beer? And of course, we're all drinking outside. I don't think that's legal, but um, we were stuck in line. So someone gave me a beer. So I got to sip that chit chat with them. I went inside, danced the whole night and have, you know, reconnected with, um, you know, people in the nude a lot this weekend because (laughs) everyone was out to pride. Yeah, we're. Here to chat about Espana. Nick, how have you found it as a as a one of the latest spin-off franchises? Espana? Oh, it is yeah. a breath of fresh air, let me tell you. Uh, I think some people were a little divided by season 13 and down under. Nobody was divided because everyone knows it was bad. <laughs> um, so after after that, uh, all that happening, um, it feels really nice to see uh, an international season with definitely its own kind of character its own specifics i've been very pleasantly surprised by it it's a lot of fun a lot of cool personalities feels like a good season uh and also great hosting the judges panel is uh the best of any international season i've ever seen uh, actually kind of any season because it's definitely got uh, a better atmosphere i think than even the american uh judgings mm-hmm. judging panels mm-hmm. um yeah it's been great it's been who's, a lot of fun who's so your far. fave Oh, God. My top two are Carmen Ferrara and uh, Ugafeo Crujiente. Well, too bad for that. 
Um, what? Oh no! Is there? Oh, I haven't watched the new episode. Let me guess. Who got Theo gets eliminated? <laughs> Is that what happens? You're you're going to be finding a lot of spoilers then in yeah. this conversation. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the episode from this week, so fuck it, whatever. I mean, we'll discuss uh, it anyway. I'll just be finding it out. It'll be the original spirit of our podcast where I know nothing. Okay. No, but the the coolest thing about the judging panel is that they're almost overqualified. Like, Anna looking, it just speaks so eloquently about fashion. Mm -hmm. Like, you feel like you're being educated when you hear her speak. Um, The Javier's Mm -hmm. are so handsome, so sexy. Oh, my God. Very queer. And, and, but they, but they are, um, you know, they're, they're fully, fully developed creatives. So they know how to nurture people to get what they need. And they're just coming off the high of, and you know, so like they really are about lifting up queer people and telling empowering stories. So they like speak to the Queens, like, look, you have potential to be something, but this is just not enough or in comparison with the other girls. And, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, no, I could be agree with that. Cause I think that even like in this episode where they were doing the directing thing and that director's chair was often like Michelle Visage or Ross Matthews mm-hmm. or like G- Graham Norton or whatever, or even like that dude who was a personal trainer on the biggest loser. I was going to say like... who was giving terrible <laughs> advice. I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, like, I was like Bobby, whatever his name is. Yeah. I was like, what, what are you guys, you like, it doesn't feel, it feels like you're here to trip the girls up in order to create good television. Whereas with this one, you kind of got the sense that they were like, who's the character you're going to be? Tell us a bit about it. Then they were giving accurate, like feedback of like, this is how you could make it better. And they were really supporting, which I yeah. like just really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it, much nicer than the usual knock. More thing. rewarding TV to me. <laughs> yeah. And that was, yes, and that, definitely. Was, that was character development work that they yeah, were doing. Yeah. They were like, who's your character? What is the persona? Like, what's their motivation? What's going on in the scene? Like, you know, cause c- connecting those dots is sometimes very hard considering that, a lot of these drag queens are not like trained actors or have taken like an acting class, you know, we're, you know, drag is like a, you know, it's like a, it's not really, but it's like like a street art. So like everyone has like a different sort of resume as everyone comes to it differently. So they, they, so they may have not had like that level of development work. So going through them to be like, are you getting the inferences in the script? And like, sometimes the judges help, like Michelle Visage will be like, do you know what this cultural reference is? Like, can you try and do that? Because that's the joke, you know what I mean? The TV show that it's based on, uh, Physica or Chemico, um, Javier Calvo played one of the main characters in it. So like, oh, wow. he's far really, like the best person, he, he's a director and he was mm-hmm. in the original show. So you can't ask for anybody better really to be, to be directing this week's challenge. Mm-hmm. I need to read up more on the Javiers because they're just so handsome and so successful. I'm like, I'm like, where have you been hiding? Like, is there, is there an album? You, you movie? know, they're married, right? Well, I just found out. I just found this out like last the, when we were recording over the weekend, and I was like, damn. But yeah, you know me what? Too. Threesome, threesome. I'm willing. I'm willing. <laughs> anyway, were you disappointed when you heard that the judge in this week's episode was Alaska and it wasn't the American drag queen? <laughs> Well, I, I had heard That'd be so funny. there was another Alaska and it just kind of like slipped my mind. And then, and then I was like, well, who is this Alaska? And even that Alaska's in on the joke. If you I know. don't speak yeah, exactly. Spanish, but you guys look great. <laughs> well, yeah, but the funniest thing about this Alaska was that, um, I guess that like, hi, the way that we say hi, which is hi. doesn't translate so she was like hi and it was like Alaska would never say that (laughs) (laughs) surely she would have been like hola like that's what Alaska would have said she literally said hi and I was like yeah and I was like you didn't get the pitch right and you're a singer so like have you heard it before or was (laughs) that a line that they gave you I don't know I was but I thought it was cute that that she's she's aware that there's another star because I Mm. one could I mean Obviously, this this Alaska, I was looking her up. I was like, that resume is ridiculous. Absolutely. In this week's uh, mini challenge, they get to stand on grapes. It was disgusting. Um, (laughs) This is just another time filling (laughs) mini challenge from Drag Race. I mean, of of course, the weekend I'm watching with like a pile on seven day hangover (laughs) is going to be the challenge where they have to wrap their feet in fucking plastic bags and stamp out a load of wine. Oh, well, I mean, there's a big market for that. Probably drag queen made wine with their feet because you get the you get the foot fetish people in it, too. 
<laughs> no, but also also keep in mind that like they walk into the studio, they're they've they've like moved all the makeup tables, which I thought would be like hard to do. So this is this shows you how much money they have at Estella over there. Um, so they move all the makeup tables and they set up these you know like very traditional barrels for like stomping on grapes. And then the and then the girls come inside and they start eating them and I was like you know that that's like like <laughs> I mean like I, I most people have seen the love the I I love Lucy episode where they're like stomping on grapes like th- that's people's feet like in there so like I wouldn't yep. necessarily eat the grapes oh I don't know like with the amount of like rancid little bowls of like grapes and olives I'd have thrown at me in like Spanish bars when you order a drink as like a tapas I'm like. They'll put anything in their mouth. Um, (laughs) And of course, so this one had nothing to do with skill. It was just sheer willpower. So like... But the rules were so specific. You have to be hugging each other. You can't hold the barrel. You have to stand up straight. He was barking those rules at them. Yeah, I know. Why? For their own safety. Yeah. I am am glad, though, that Drag Race España is like following the Drag Race rules. We were talking about that on this, uh, like on, on our podcast recently. It was like, there are mini challenges every episode and they always yeah, yeah. do them. And then, then they do the maxi challenge and there's always a runway. You know, like I just feel like yeah. the parts are there. Right. And, but also I've noticed that, uh, cause the Spain episodes are so long and maybe that's just a thing that the show has morphed into that. They really want all that footage of workroom stuff of runway yeah. stuff. But the U.S. season, maybe there ha- there's like more strict time limits, so they just cut the mini challenge. They just decide not to do one. Yeah, I don't know because I guess they would have to plan that in advance. But I kind of don't like it when they don't do a mini challenge because it's the more fun part of the episode. That's yeah. like lighthearted. It's just nice to watch. But like America and Drag Race Down Under even excluded them so much of the time. And I like I do like a sometimes I like I don't like the ridiculous ones where it feels like the queens are kind of being set up like to I don't know fall over or hurt themselves or but when it is something completely like absolutely ridiculous like this. I kind of go and like I I I got I got a lot of comic value out of watching Carmen Ferrella like wrap plastic bin bags around her like expensive trousers and then jump into a big pot with um poopy and just like jump up and down. I was like that, you know, that's entertaining television. I don't know if it's what drag. I don't have anything to do with drag queens. <laughs> Nothing. You know? Nothing. Right. <laughs> no. Nothing. And then for But sometimes international seasons they dive really hard into yeah. cultural aspects mm-hmm. or they'll even stretch mm-hmm. things into being like, well, we're doing it because it's cultural, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> because Poopy and Carmen won the challenge, they get to assign the roles, which is an important it's an important position to be in. Yeah. That they mm-hmm. won through such an asinine challenge. But mm-hmm. there you go. So um I mean, I tried to write down who each of the characters were. I don't know if it's worth going through it because I did you make much sense of what was going on in the actual well, acting challenge? Well, the gothic girl was also, she said she was gothic. Uh, Sagittaria. Sagittaria? Yeah. Papala was her character name. Yeah. She was dating so, somebody called Angie, so she, I think. She claimed to be gothic, but then she was dressed kind of like a teeny bopper girl. And then Hugasia was the actual gothic person. And then there was also mm. a dead person who who mind you, comes off as gothic. Um, so, you know, everyone was goth, basically, besides the principal, who was poopy. And then, like... And Dovima, who's the most gothic of the queens. It sounds more like a, a moody, sexy CW show, yeah. where everything's yeah, creepy. And and, and, Do- and Dovina only has one character, which is where she sort of sits there sassily and, like, doesn't really interact with people until they talk to her. And then, <laughs> so, like, so, like, everyone was goth. We got that. There was a lot of, like, there was a lot of, like, I guess, non-binary, you know, hooking up because, like, you know, Sagittaria had a butt plug stuck in her. It had the longest. Yeah. And that and it happens. They said it was a butt plug in the translation, but I aren't those called something else? They're called. Yeah, the they're like balls. Beads. Anal beads. beads. Anal she, had beads. Right? she had anal beads. She had ah. the longest string of enormous anal beads stuck inside of her. Which apparently must have been vibrating because she was like shaking from the pleasure when she like walked onto the set. To be honest, after a while, it sort of looked like you know her lo- large intestine was being pulled. I out. Know. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh my god, clinch, girl! <laughs> no, I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to yeah. watch. Alice Cullen from Twilight having anal beads like reached <laughs> out of her. It was very, very uncomfortable. And there wasn't. I- 
the story was just so, I mean, like, it, it held together in the beginning when they each had the separate scenes. Like, okay, the teacher likes to have sex with the students. Also questionable there. Um, mm-hmm. How old are these students? Um, but then, like, towards the end, it just got so confusing because, you know... Car- and even more questionable. Because remember, Carmen was like, you haven't had sex with me. And she was like, oh, honey, I had sex with your dead body. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. All right. And I'm is that, is, that answers that. Is that a joke? What? <laughs> and then at the end, like they're all together in that scene and I don't I don't I don't even know what happens. They just start singing like, the song and then they fall over. <laughs> like, what? Is, was Sagittarius supposed to be pregnant in that moment? Like cuz there was like a be- there was like a she had like a basketball stuffed under her like under her shirt that was creating the oh, illusion yeah. and then she started she started assaulting the teacher with what looked like a pregnant belly oh. and I was like I, I just didn't mm. understand this narrative yeah that was confusing <laughs> oh sorry I'm just reading a summary of the actual show so that the character she plays Paola um, had a whole storyline about having sex with someone called Gorka who I think was supposed to be Ugasio's character called Orca and then she has the baby so yeah I think you're probably right okay. gotcha and where did all of the belchography come from? And the bananas? What was that I feel about? Like Carmen did that on her Nick, own. Nick, as someone who didn't didn't watch this yet, I I I'm, I'm no, I didn't know your... what we were going to be discussing. <laughs> well, I'm I don't interested know what in your perspective. <laughs> uh, so, basically, Carmen basically played this character called Mary Fair, which is based off Fernando, who was Javier Calvo's character. I don't know. I don't get the zombie reference. Uh, Maybe paint, he dies. But he did die due to an accident with a shotgun on the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he just—it was just like a way to bring back the character, but also mm. say that the character is dead. Mijan, who did you think was the best in the acting challenge? Um, I, you know, I actually thought that. Um, Poopy did do a very good job with the final recording. Like the, I feel like they took some of the best things that Poopy did out. So it didn't make as much sense to me that everyone thought that Poopy was amazing, but Poopy's been robbed so many times from winning that I think that they were like, okay, it's about time that we gave something to Poopy. But um, I mean, mm-hmm. no one else really had like, besides Carmen, but then I feel like Carmen almost stopped acting when, when her character got serious. Yeah, because she she was this funny, funny ghoul. But then when she actually had to say lines, she just kind of turned back into who I think Carmen the drag queen would be. So I was like, I was like, mm, I, I, I kind of feel like she almost stole the show. And then when things got dramatic, it like faltered a little bit. Um, and then unfortunately, Hugasio just needs to needs to like make up a funny voice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'd agree kind of do something I mean but also like was very uncomfortable in the workroom for poor Hugasio. like they were yeah. all Nick as a like, fan now you'll you'll be in fight or flight watching yeah. this week's episode oh. gets the Serena Cha Cha treatment basically with and telling them that they're they're crap and you know that oh, yeah. they won and it's horrible to watch oh that's a bummer yeah Spain has been so like pretty remarkable so that's a bummer to hear that that happens mm. but I mean, hey, you can't escape it sometimes. Well, there are only six people left and we have like the basically like Alaska talks versus, you know, this this has happened before where like there's like team Mm. pretty. Yeah. And then there's team like personality and clicks or like or artistry. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, you know, that's too bad. And so I and Dovina, unfortunately, I mean, and Hugasio said this. Davina did this thing where she was where she was like vulnerable for a hot minute while she thought that she was going off the show and it, she became a lot more easy to watch and she was a lot kinder to the other contestants. Yeah. Davina starts performing well and Davina's kind of just been closing them uh, herself off. And I feel like in watching it, like it's like the um, defense mechanism of someone who's like who never felt who who like who hasn't always felt accepted. And so Davina like mm-hmm. was saying that she's like, if you don't like me. I go double down to make sure that you definitely don't like me. So I think that Huasio and Dovina don't get along. And so, you know, I don't want to call someone a bully because that's like a whole bunch of like cancel nonsense. But I do think that Dovina is choosing not to have a filter. And because of that, it makes her come off as very mean. And you know what? The fall mm. happens right after yeah. that. Gosh, that's that's tough. But that yeah. does sound like her narrative's turning a corner because nobody that's not that's not um 
you know, a top drag star no. of Spain. No, and you get the know. you get the impression that like we've seen it before on the on the show where kind of queens who are more interesting in the way they paint or kind of like have a more unique look that sometimes the like really pretty queens will like kind of just dismiss that as kind of clownery and they they don't take it too seriously and i don't like i we haven't seen it in a while i think there's been more of an understanding of the diversity within the way people choose to do drag but dovima very much felt as if over the last couple of episodes like even like they referenced the very first episode episode where it was like they felt Carmen should have won even though like that look that Ugasio created was one of the most amazing we've ever seen on Drag Race and it was like they just decided they were going to create in the group this feeling that somehow she's this underdog um, and even if yeah like like her look tonight and you know it was maybe a little bit messier than the last couple but you definitely couldn't say it didn't belong on the same stage as it, like all the rest and like she's a super talented and creative individual and it pissed me off kind of seeing Tavima sort of undermine that and kind of suggest like oh she's like she doesn't really belong here um, and I think the same is happening a bit to Killer Queen as well where they're kind of looking at her and being like there's blood in the water yeah it's like they're picking people off that that kind of that kind of attitude I hate that because also Killer Queen has really yes. done pretty well and and has been like a pretty deep character on the show with her narrative and everything and, and yeah. I really like her I think she's very mm-hmm. likable and sweet so it God, why, why do these personalities like yes. hunt those? Well, you know, I think, I think it's kind of like a polish thing, though. You know, because everyone these these sure. people come from different places and they all have different aesthetics, right? So not everyone's drag is always going to look the same. Like we have this, this mm-hmm. happens a lot with like Southern queens and like you know meeting a New York queen. Like it's like if you're in a different market, you're going to be different. Um, yeah, but you know, Killer Queen definitely is probably just about as talented as Poopy, but younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and Killer Queen's also like a doctor, yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, like Killer Queen has like a whole nother job. Jeez. So this fully is a hobby, yeah, and to be that yeah. good and on a reality show, yeah. yeah. But to be fair, I I don't think it's just Ovima. She seems to be painted certainly as the ringleader, and that's definitely who Agassio felt the most attack from. But like Sagittarius and Carmen were backing her up. Poopy seemed to be like bang on the fence, well, slightly towards their side, and Killer Queen was like, you know. I've got your back, but I'm also on the fence in a weird way. So it is that weird sort of Alaska talks vibe of like the pretty girls picking. On well, the that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I feel like, I feel like depending on the type of drag queen that you are, the things that you feel mm. that are important, like if, if someone hasn't achieved like those skills, it can be, you know, it, it, they don't, they don't find the need to like respect them. I think everyone respects Hugasio's artistry. They're just wondering, like, where's the drag queen underneath? Like, you're a conceptual drag queen. Great. What do you have to say? Actually, yeah. Because it's like, if you look at other queens who are like that, the mm-hmm. ones who have, like, I think a crystal method as a queen or Gottmik as a queen who kind of has this artistry, but then also, like, had a very defined character underneath it and could, like, could take their style and modify it in order to meet the needs of a of, of any challenge yes. put in front of them. Whereas you get some other queens who mm-hmm. come in, like I'd say the Drag Volcano would have been if they'd stuck around perhaps in this category as well, of just like, I'm excellent in this one very specific lane. And I think the, the judges don't seem to be... Um demanding a sexy look from Ugasio. that seems to be kind of just the other contestants and it, like kind of what you're saying there like I don't I don't think it is just that Ugasio is struggling at the personality challenges that the queens are getting at because they're like they still have an issue with Ugasio winning the look challenges which is clearly that area too so I think it's just they don't get it it's it's weird to them and they feel threatened by it yeah. or something because even when Ugasio mm-hmm. is leaving he, they're like you know no one else can come up with a concept like this yeah <laughs> and they're right yeah. like, they have such a yeah. unique point yeah. of view and that's the cool thing about Ugasio leaving Ugasio didn't leave like a loser and not that not that if you are kicked off you are a loser and that you should leave in that way or, or judging people that way but Ugasio left saying, I'm so proud that I was able to come here I'm so glad that I got to show my drag off and you know you know, maybe it wasn't appreciated by everyone, but I still, it was even so like, I still love all those queens, even Dovina, even though she's like problematic. And like, I'm so proud of myself and what we've done with this show. And I think that that's right. Like, it's been a really good show. And, you know, they're, they're trapped, you know, with each other. So of course they're bickering. Mm. 
Um, <laughs> and the cynic in me was like, this is actually really good that Ugasio is getting to have this sort of narrative on the episode they go home on mm-hmm. because the flooding of the fans will give them a lot of, you know, will, will that'll boost their profile because we always love and want to reach out to people who we see are being yeah. picked up. I, I do think as well it was nice mm-hmm. that Ugasio had that sort of sense of... I like I I'm leaving here feeling like I've 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 had a successful journey and you really believe it because a lot of queens say that and like say Serena Chacha saying like I was lucky to be here after like rocking in for 10 minutes on all stars but then being booted out it's like it's like no you didn't win anything honey like you know calm yourself down but like you really see what you guys was like a big business one I mean, did it though? Did it? <laughs> Have you heard of Kyria? Well, well, you know, when she was filming that, she was, you know, no one knew about a Kyria's way. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and after season five, she had all the reason yeah. in the world to believe that the editors were going to be really nice to her as well. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. You wouldn't know by this point. As you know by now, we're part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is home to wonderful podcasts of all types. And this week, we're highlighting one of our um, siblings on the network. I know that face. We actually did a crossover episode with them not too long ago. Yeah, it's about the life of RuPaul. Yeah, the the, the acting career of RuPaul. Mm. And that's what they do. They take an actor who is kind of more so on the sides of character actor whose face you might recognize but isn't kind of all over our tabloids and they chart their their filmography and review it so if you are a movie buff then this will be the podcast for you so let's have a wee clip hello everyone and welcome to i know that face the only podcast which honors the often underappreciated by the masses work of character actors my name is Stephen portia my name is andrew carroll character actor is a supporting actor who specializes in playing unusual interesting or eccentric characters for whatever reason these performers are less concerned with being stars because of that they often take supporting roles in big movies or only play leads in indie films or tv they're less concerned with their image they can bounce between heroes or villains they're chameleons and they often disappear into each role so you might know the faces but you might not know the names so subscribe to us wherever you keep subscribed for podcasts and be on the lookout for that to come and until then uh, see you later cinephiles bye bye uh, should we get onto the runway? Uh, if you, Nick, I know you haven't seen the looks, but they'll be—they're on the Instagram page. If you want to have a look at them, I'll give an ultimate hot take, like immediately. Yeah, your, your first reaction. So this week's runway was was a fucking fantastic category. I loved this. It was basically, um, you know, Spanish art eleganza. Take a famous a painting by a Spanish artist cool. and turn it into a drag look. And that is so, awesome. I thought this was a really, really clever way of reflecting the the culture and the on the you know the heritage of the country onto a world stage. Oh yeah, yeah. so but very cool. Can we can we talk about how during that time Supreme wore the only dress that I have not liked on her for the whole season? Mm. There was still oh, I didn't like the, this? the green thing. Well, no, no Supreme's dress was pink. Oh, you didn't like her other outfit oh, yeah. that was green. Okay, no, but mm, um, mm-hmm. this there was so much tulle on her dress, like it would like it swallowed her up, and she was wearing this. Yeah, what is this mid-season rosé? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's what it is. Like, and yeah, actually, I'm, I'm looking at it again. No, a bunch of nice. shapeless tulle. Well, no, it just yeah. it just made her look like this sort of like pink blob. And I get what they were trying to do, but maybe because Supreme's shorter, like it didn't look the same as what it would look like on someone else. Because like, I yeah. I feel like you're supposed to see a little bit more of that beautiful like I don't know if it what what they I don't know what the actual corset work is, but it's like the 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 pattern of the corset matches her boots. So I don't know if they were made together. And then, right. And then for some reason, right in the middle, it's cascading, but it doesn't come in. So it's like, you just needed like a little bit less tool on her side. So she didn't look like a rectangle. That midsection, that fluffy part that's hanging down, that should have been a wrap. Yeah. And if that was a wrap with the boots and the corset, wrap the midsection tight. And then it's all coming up here and trailing at the bottom. I, I I do think that Supreme has one of the hardest jobs as a drag race yeah. kind of leader judge because the rest of the judging panel are so hot and so fashionable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like that cat suit that Anna Loking is oh, wearing oh is my God. so good. Like that's, now that's kind of drag. what you would have wanted. Yeah. And even Supreme Calvo in. with his fishnet tights and his little denim well, the skirts. The serve it every yeah. time with, oh, Javi. with, yeah. with better. The, okay. <laughs> Here's what's really sad. Sometimes the wigs in Spain have been a little flat. Um, and 
the Javiers come in with coiffed hair. Like they, you oh know, God, their yes. hair is like styled and, and, and curly and gelled and up and down and everything. And I'm like, it really makes me sad when I feel like the wigologists or like the people doing their hair are like better for the judges than they are for the contestants. <laughs> you know, do you think the Javiers are doing their own hair? I, no. And that's why it's so good. I would think that the Javiers have their own person doing yeah. their own hair. That's not no, paid for yeah. the show. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've seen some of this, the uh, España socials be like, post a picture of Supreme and be like, oh, so immaculate, nothing. And I'm like, look. I I like her, but come on, you can't be feeding me this narrative. This is clearly a pre, this is clearly a you know pre-scheduled tweet or something. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. I I do think she's been serving it though. I mean, she just I mean, I didn't expect it though because in the previews they didn't really like show any like good images of her. So she just I was like, who is this supreme person? But like, do you prefer her to Fred? Yes, because Fred doesn't look. I prefer look, her to Fred, hundred um, percent. Fred didn't. Oh, really? Fred didn't always look yeah. very comfortable in everything that uh, that he was wearing. I I think that Fred Fred is better in the workroom, mm. but Supreme is better on the runway yeah. and on yeah. the judging Fred, panel. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I think that I I think that I really enjoyed like the the way like Fred carried himself like I am the judge of this competition in the workroom, whereas you get the sense of Supreme sometimes that it's kind of like a kiki kiki. We're all friends. We're all peers, sure, and no yeah. one is no one is anxious around supreme there when she meanders into the workroom they're right. like oh hey bitch oh. You know, like there's not there's, there's not that sense of like when rue walks into the room and everyone's like the sharp intake of breath yeah, but i mean supreme also told them that, that if they made fun of them for the age that they would like be off the show <laughs> so, and, and supreme handled inti like like she was still the boss she's like oh you don't want to be here you don't want to be here okay muchas gracias thank you goodbye girls we're going back <laughs> Yeah. I was like that I did I did like that. I was like, yeah. okay, that's good. I was like supreme, supreme, supreme. She's she's my new supreme. Um I, I, I think I prefer Fred, but I obviously prefer Supreme's drag because yeah. Fred's drag was kinda you know, was a bit was a bit makeover challenge. Yeah. But I think Fred established the show under his name a bit better, I kind of feel yeah. than Supreme has because maybe I just think they've been overshadowed by like how much I love the heavy mm. and I love mm. but whereas Nikki Plesson didn't give us much to <laughs> you know, desire. No. Uh, well, the well, funny thing is that Nikki Plesson was supposed to be the Anna looking, but she never, like, I almost didn't believe not the a, fashion. After seeing yeah. Anna looking, I'm like, get her <laughs> off the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's Anna or nothing. Okay. So let's talk about this runway because I mean, it's so ironic that uh, Poopy Poison rented a costume. it <laughs> on the runway. <laughs> it, that is, uh, what? I had there was there was a moment where the judges were like oh good w- god the judges were joking they're like yeah like you know in comparison to the girls like yours kind of looks rented and, and Poopy was like uh huh <laughs> <laughs> whereas like, like that. whereas like everyone else is wearing like haute couture on stage like even even though they didn't like Killer Queen's thing I still think it was conceptual and you know oh yeah yeah. While we're chatting about poopies, uh, so the that was based on Les Meninas, which I had to Google because I heard that word Menina mentioned lots of mm-hmm. times. So I, I, maybe you know this already. I certainly didn't. Les Meninas is like a really classic photo and the, what she's dressed up as is the little girl in the photo. And then many other artists have come along and tried to repaint their interpretations of the same photo. So the one that Poopy did was the original Vasquez. Uh, whereas then Carmen did the Joan Miro version of the Les Meninas as well, which was which was um, kind of the the big black hair with the white skirt and the and the and the drawing. So that's supposed to be the girl kind of grown up later on, but through the eye of a different. Oh, painter. I have I have studied this. Um, oh, I don't okay. know anything about the art, but I thought that Poopy's makeup was like it belonged on the. Um, the that runway challenge on UK season two where they had the the panto queens like that mm. is oh full yeah yeah Mrs Twanky the right range. there it really is... does look like that yeah <laughs> um I hate the look um I looked at the original art and I'm I'm like oh, okay it's really good in that aspect <laughs> yeah but I hate this look <laughs> mm. I didn't get the like the frame sort of shape to the sh- to the skirt it, it's um, referencing it's fabric referencing on the, the bottom original, ruins it for me like because it, it's a little girl and they used to have a very big um mm. what do what do they call that yeah, like yeah. skirt type thing or yeah bustle. 
Like it is the is the, is the kind of similar shape to what's in the mm-hmm. original painting. Already, yeah, so the, I can see that. Yeah, and Joe, I was actually like, Joe, you know Poopy spent a bit of money on this, which is always novel. Poopy. <laughs> it's like, oh, she. I hope she got her deposit back. That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> no, I mean, here's the thing. So Poopy, Poopy's, Poopy's dress looks okay from the front, right? But because because the because it looks almost like a low budget version of what was in the painting. You know, it should be there should be more rounded, whereas hers was like flat, which is like not the original style mm, of yeah, how those dresses mm. worked. And then the thing that always bugs me no. is that um, it would I know that like in the painting, like the dress is not touching the floor. It's probably a little kid, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when the dresses don't touch the floor and you're wearing like a full length ball gown, like, come on, like, yeah, uh, it just doesn't. It just doesn't, it feels weird. Nick, what's your first first impression of Killer Queen and her Salvador Dali, the perseverance yeah. of so, memory look? I'm a huge Dali fan. And um, of course that painting is iconic. I hate this look. I think this looks bad. <laughs> oh, it is so um, bad. It is I, so I, bad. I appreciate, I guess, wanting to do something more conceptual for such a conceptual artist, but this is bad. This is not it, sis. <laughs> I um, had a real roller coasters. I was like, oh, this is great. Probably because it was like the first painting that I recognized that came out on the runway. And then as I saw mm. her and I kind of I was like, oh, this is very after school arts and crafts yeah. over time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the colors are super clashy in a way that does not remind me of the painting whatsoever. So mm. that throws it all off for me. The only thing I'm seeing are the clocks, really. That's all that sticks out reminiscent of the painting. And that makes it feel like a disservice. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. I think that you would need to be someone on the sort of creative level of Gassio to take a picture like this and not have it end up <laughs> looking like cheap and poorly made. And yeah, like I brave, the, brave the, attempt. The mood of the painting well, isn't this. No, one. but I, <laughs> no. I, I do think that there were just a couple of things that, you know, uh, what did Chanel say? Like before you leave the house, like take something off. So like, you know, the, mm. the big clock that's like right around the crotch could come off. The skirt looked cheap because in the back, it's like really wrinkled. And so it's like, you're not really sure like what the mm. fabric's supposed to be doing. So then imagine it as like a black suit with the with the red waist. And then maybe like make the, just make the clock smaller so that they're not like, you know, like look like, it almost looks like pancakes fell on her. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, because they're yeah. still very yeah. round. And, and then this is yeah. what I mean about the flat wigs. Like, it just wasn't styled. So, like, the wig could have been, like, pulled back so that it looks, mm. like, more futuristic. The wig's bad. I want to sketch a better outfit I think from this could. painting Dude. because I love the painting so much. <laughs> There's a lot of potential here. I'm seeing it in my head. I'm seeing it in my <laughs> head. It is, it is, it, it's like a, uh, who's the designer from McQueen? It's like not a big, mm-hmm. large McQueen, but it's a McQueen that is like draped fabric yeah. that drags like six feet behind you. It is very like glamorous and sleek. And the clocks are, and it's a very short, slick black wig. And the clocks are in a few strategic spots. One's hanging here, but they like melt off of you, but it's very sophisticated <laughs> looking. That's better. I want to see this vision come yeah. to life. Uh, <laughs> I'll work on my character like, sketches. So as a da- <laughs> Dali fan, do you want to move over to Sagittaria who did uh, Woman with Flower Head by Dali? Oh, as, Lana Del Rey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Lana Del Rey. <laughs> yes, it is. That's Lana. I like this. I like. I think this is pretty. It's a little basic, but it's pretty. That's, I thought it was safe. I thought it was like a, a good, safe de- decision. And I think that actually Killer Queen would have been better going down more of that road because like there's such an there's such a risk of missing when you go for such a big hit with that one. Whereas Sagittarius just looked beautiful. And, you know, I loved the I loved the, the Lana Del Rey flower hat um and like the little hand thing. I, I, I thought it like on the runway when she was walking, she was slipping a little bit and like, you know, it was simple, but I I just thought it looks so immaculate. Dovima then didn't actually, as far as I was aware, reference an exact painting, but just sort of wore the cat and wore the sort of frame on the canvas. I think it looked good, but in terms of its concept, like we have seen like that sort of curtain pole look before. <laughs> so it wasn't yeah, we've seen it better, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it still deserved to be, I think, high. I mean, I think it looked that, good, but you know, um, I wish that the fabric was um uh there was a hem did you see like the 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 right it's shredded and and i was and i I didn't know if she was trying to make it look like canvas 
But I was just like, you could have just hemmed that. I thought she looked like a, a bitter Russian woman removing the art from her ex-husband's house. Like, that <laughs> was her walking out the street to the back of her Porsche that she was going to throw this painting oh, into and then fly off into the night. Like, Davima's um, fashion yeah. is really much, like, hard to walk Yeah, in. yeah. Like, anything that's hard mm-hmm. to walk yeah. in, she'll wear it. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but I do think the that better. they did note that, like, being such a skinny queen who's normally showing off, like, that tiny frame... It was nice to see her wear something where she's more covered up and still look good. And I think that's that's something that like Sagittaria will like never do. I'll be very surprised when Sagittaria is not trying to look like, you know, like um, like a Latin pop star. Next up is Carmen. Uh, and like I said at the top, she uh, dressed as the Joan Miro uh, Menina. And she was my top two of the week. I thought this was great. Nick, you didn't see it, but she spun around and blue paint sort of oozed out of her onto mm-hmm. the dress skirt i don't know where it came from it must have it, it must it have been good. somehow she must have had a trigger or something and she was basically um that was a that was an alexander mcqueen reference from a fashion show where the model stood in mm-hmm. what was a sort of not not the same type of dress but like it was like a triangular dress and then they spray painted the dress with paint and it ended up being this beautiful collage and bimney babes tried to um, do the same rep oh, and then but failed. Then failed. And so luckily, she, yeah. <laughs> luckily Carmen, she managed, Carmen managed to do it better, um, especially because she spun yeah. and gave you that kind of like weightlessness. Right. Um, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. And I, I mean, I get some like mid-century uh, realness from it. Uh, and I like that a lot. A uh, little bit 50s housewifey to a, there's mm-hmm. a note, notes of that I really love. I can't wait to watch the episode. This is gorgeous. <laughs> Gassi was the last one we ever spoke about. They based their look on a Cervantes painting, but it was done through the eyes of Ricardo Covalo, who's a, who's a uh, illustrator, <sighs> I believe. Um, oh. And again, this is, I thought this was fantastic. This is awesome. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. awesome. This is really awesome. Like, this is pure I mean, they're artistry. so they're so fucking good, and this is why they've been my other favorite since the beginning. I, I'm all in it for these concepts. Um, like, and I love like speaking of like Utica Queen, also a pretty conceptual queen. Um, sometimes she didn't always nail it, but I really love Ogatheo's flavor, and I only yes. compare the two just because I think I think there are some similarities. But yeah, but I really love Ogatheo's um, constant level of concept i really i'm almost always obsessed with it yeah so i mean they don't reward it on the show all the time but (laughs) i think it's really clean really cool i i'm not really familiar with ricardo covalo but i had a look at this avante's painting and it's just kind of like a still life of a guy who wears ruffles so you could see that you could i could see the base and and then how it was interpreted so um, wow 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 i think something that can look cartoonish but also like elevated and elegant so like i think where like Hugasio managed to to get right there in 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 this look but like if you go back to killer queen which kind of was in that same like cartoony vibe like killer queen looked more like sort of that bad version of alice in wonderland that yeah. um <laughs> yes years the ago. completely joyless <laughs> yeah 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 and <laughs> um, but no, I, th- I thought this was gorgeous um i understand that it couldn't necessarily save them from the bottom because their performance in the challenge had been kind of patchy it's not so feel... mind-blowing yeah that it's yeah, yeah. But I also think that it's nice for them to have been able to stand there wearing a look that was clearly like one of the best of the week while being told by everyone else, get the fuck out. Yeah, it's the opposite of when Candy wore that green alien suit and was (laughs) called safe. And I laughed at the screen. Yeah, like the I looked up Ricardo <laughs> Cavallo there and that, that heart with the eye in it and the flames and stuff, that's all there sort of yeah. styles. So that's, that's and you know, um, I think what's so uh, amazing about Hugasio um, in general is that being a non-binary queen who isn't afraid to have some androgynous in their drag really, really opens up the creativity. And I, and I do, and I feel like maybe they, maybe they were like judging um, Hugasio for never doing like a pretty look. But even when Hugasio did that, that kind of like 1980s sunburnt woman thing, Hugasio did the thing and it looked really cool and it had a really good concept. So I don't think, I don't think that Hugasio lacks any of those skills. I just think it's a question of just needing a little bit more time to articulate themselves and their sense of humor and to feel a hundred percent like comfortable and like confident in it and i think it's harder to do that under a uh, 
under a the magnifying glass of like a reality TV show. Poopy wins and Ugasio and Killer Queen are in the bottom two. I personally that Carmen should have won because I think she did kind of as good as Poopy in yeah. the challenge and better on mm-hmm. the runway, personally. Yeah. But uh, there we go. Ugasio and, Kill- and Killer are in the bottom two for their performance in the task, which I thought was fair. Mm. And they lip sync to Espectacular by Fangoria, which is the band that Alaska, one of the bands that Alaska was in. Got it. Um, did you think that uh, Killer Queen won the lip sync, Mijon? I don't know what happened during that lip sync. It was a bad one. Yeah. So it's it's one of those. It's you know what Killer Queen said that they are a lip sync assassin right before they did the lip sync, and then they did like a really weird split. Um, you know. Oh, it wasn't a split. Oh, she tried. That's <laughs> just. I want people to realize you can't call yourself the assassin. I, I... You can't dedic- designate yourself. No, you can. No, it it is it is a title that must be bestowed. It can never yeah. be taken. You it's can't like just if... say, "Oh, I've I've lip synced three times and didn't lose by yeah. chance." Like that. It's not yeah, the same. No. It's like that. The the. the... The Holy Grail, but it's like when you pick the cup up yourself, you you turn into a fleshy zombie. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I I was, and I've been kind of over the whole like stunts and stuff and the lip syncs and the like the splits and whatever. But this song had so many places where I was just thinking like of that Alyssa versus Tatiana lip sync with the like the two of them going into the the splits together or into like the death drops together, and I was like, this song was made for that. Like this song was made for that kind of performance. And instead, we just got kind of to shuffle, 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 shuffle. It was very and there are a lot of other things that we that you can do um, besides splits. If if you if y'all have any time, uh, which we still may have a plenty given the state of the world, um, check out Race Chasers Instagram, and they they've started posting, or maybe it was the Mom Podcast Instagram, but anyway, they started posting like old videos from um, Miss Continental. And they posted a video with Erica Andrews, the uh, drag mom of um, <clears throat> of Roxy Andrews. And they also posted like Brooklyn Heights, like Epic, Swan Lake. Um, and, you know, like just like just some of the stuff that people do. And it's not always a split. Like you can do a lot. You can get low. You can you can stand strong and like twist your eyes like there's so much more drama that we could be getting. But a, a lot of times what we get is like, they stand, they stand, they stand, they go to the left, they go to the right, they go up, they go down, someone splits. Like, you need to like use yeah. the whole stage. Do you know Rosalia, the singer? Is Rosalia going to be on? I don't know, but I just want a Rosalia oh. lip sync. No, but that's, apparently that's something really for. crazy is going to happen next week. Did you see the preview? It's no. like, they're all the judges are going to cry. Like, it's going to be like stuff's going down. But, Oh my god! I think Uh-oh. I think next week is a roast. Yeah, but I think some. <laughs> I know oh my god. next week. Next week is a roast. <laughs> uh, the guest next week is also gorgeous. I don't know who it is, and um, I have to say that like there's just there's so much emotion on Drag Race España. Like you know, all the queens have cried like five times, but not not because they're feeling sorry yeah. about themselves, but because they're so full of emotion. And I mm. love that. I want to live that self-expressed. You know, like I cry like once a year, and then I laugh. You know. <laughs> oh, I have a, like a monthly cry. It's just it's it's, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like cleaning, cleaning, uh, cleaning out the gutters or whatever. I just need to yeah. cry. <laughs> Nick, who's gonna win? Carmen Farala. I think it's Carmen Farala. Serves to lose. Mm, it's looking well like because that. because Sagittarius is almost like too green. Dovina's probably gonna get kicked off. Killer Queen doesn't know what's going I will not on. accept Poopy. Poopy. I will not accept Poopy. <laughs> Poopy, Poopy <laughs> is definitely gonna make it to be the finals. Four. Um, and then who else is left? I, I think I think Killer Queen would be the only other possible way. Yeah, I can't uh, accept. That. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I see that. I mean, after I, mean, I haven't watched this I'm not episode, emotionally ready for runway. Killer Queen to rise from the ashes. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, that Phoenix moment. No, thank you. But, but here's the thing: the next challenge. So Drag Race does this thing where they give challenges that test different like parts of the brain, yeah. right? So like, you know, your 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 savviness, which I think is most of what being a drag queen is. And then you also need to have like aesthetics. Um, And, you know, towards the end, all the challenges kind of more so test your savviness 
And, you know, like, because like you may have to like write lyrics again or perform a song again. And so that's when you're like, your ability to have star power means more at the end than it does at the beginning because yeah. you can kind of fumble. So yeah. I'm really worried for mm. any queen that either doesn't have a sense of humor or doesn't know how to dress themselves because at, towards the end, like, you have to really bring it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I would see Carmen and Poopy as the obvious, like, kind of but sure. Yeah, well, final Poopy's going to win next week as well, right? Mm. So be two yeah. Yeah. Mm. Unless, like, the final challenge is fitting an IV, I can't imagine that that kind of thing is going to be. Sad to see Ugasio go, but I don't think it's the last time we're going to hear from them. And I think in future international all stars, I think they will be ripe for the invite. List. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I think that they've got obvious sort of like obvious areas where they need to to work on. I think personality uh, and performance is something that they'll need to like improve in. But they have the concepts, they have the artistry. So like, definitely very interesting very exciting person very sad to have seen them going but we're at that stage in the competition where you kind of can pick the people who are getting to the end over mm. the people who aren't and I would say that Uga- if it wasn't going to be Ugasio it was going to be killer and I'm probably given that it's a comedy challenge next week happier that they kept killer around because I think that killer will have probably a better performance next week mm. than Ugasio yeah. would have I think so too so make sure uh, you check out Whispering Hunties over on Instagram that's just their handle as well and their podcast is wherever you get to see that pod uh, if you know some people like to listen to every Drag Race podcast out there so there is another one for your repertoire if you haven't already stumbled across it make sure you check us out on CC that pod on Instagram if you'd like to rate and review us be very grateful how any any new reviews james over in review corner oh it has been so lovely because i've seen a couple of little reviews coming in and it just you know you get a little notification and you get your your little uh your little notice and you look and see what it is and we got a gorgeous uh from gorgeous one from sean heg that just said j'adore 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 <laughs> and honestly j'adore you sean and j'adore everyone who's left us a gorgeous little review well, thank you very much sean so yeah head over give us a rate review let us know where you're listening from as well i'm always interested to hear uh, where you're listening to uh, we'll be back on Saturday with the third episode of All Star 6 which is kind of taking over my life at the moment I'm so I just can't wait to see what happens next uh, we have an exciting guest lined up but we won't say anything because you never know they can always cancel so uh, we you'll find out on Saturday have a lovely week see you love you bye bye This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.